I haven't tried the Chinese food out here, but, uh, you know, some people say it's good. I haven't tried a lot of things out here because I don't go outside, Kathy, because it's bug season and they devour me. Well, that's probably a good thing. Let me tell you, I have seen your legs when they get eaten up by bugs and mosquitoes, and it ain't pretty. Even Leah Spencer's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, ah, I got to go back in. Like, literally, I go to my car. I went to my car this morning to catch some Pokemon at, like, 5 in the morning when I felt it was safe. And a cloud of mosquitoes followed me into the car, and I'm slamming my windshield while I'm driving. The bugs want me, Kathy. I I get that. I mean, frankly, I don't know why the bugs would want you, but I I do understand that because my sister and I are the same way. If there is a a mosquito within five feet of us, it will find us. It wants your ass. It wants to sink <laughs> its stinger in your butt. That is what it is. You know, there might be something to that because Creative Explorer keeps trying to bite my butt. <laughs> Take a bite out of crime. <laughs> that dates you, man. You're old if you remember it, it that. It is true. McGruff the crime dog, goddammit. <laughs> but it is cool. I did see a little teeny bit of what I wanted to see, which was my first Texas lightning storm. Wow. So, well, because, you know, where we live in Los Angeles, it's all hills and mountains and traffic and buildings and shit like that. So there's no, like, if you see a lightning bolt, it's like you're lucky, you know, like, yeah. oh, between these two buildings, there's a lightning bolt. But where I am, it's like literally goes on. Like, you can see in a peripheral view, a 360 degrees, you can see for miles. And miles and miles and miles. So when there's a lightning storm, it's you can see all of them. And so it's like, and uh, and so there was, you know, obviously post hurricane, there was uh, there was some rain and, and lightning storms. And I and it's funny because I knew I knew the second I started turning into a four year old that I was going to be ridiculed. <laughs> Did and you squee? She, I was like, look at look at those lightning. And they're like, yes, Boogie. Your that's friend lightning. is just looking like, at you like, are you an adult or something? <laughs> because there was like multiple <laughs> ones. You know, I saw like 20 of them and they're all. And I'm like, that is so cool. And they're like, yes, that's that's very cool. This is very minimal compared to how cool it gets. But yes, if that's cool for you, that's. And I was all excited. So so I'm like, oh <laughs> check so off my Texas bucket list. <laughs> Lightning strike and a hurricane. Lightning strike. Yes. Having my ass eaten alive by bugs, not That's... on my Texas bucket list, but it is that... just part of uh, being here where it's yes. wet and humid. So we haven't spoken since last week and you were getting ready for the, the hurricane. How'd it go? Well, it, we caught the, um, we caught the ass end of it. So it was coming straight for like the corpus kind of towards our area and so we were going to get it, but still, it was only going to be a category one or two, which literally, you know how we are with earthquakes in Los Angeles, where we're like, whatever, dude, that's maybe a right. five if you're lucky. 
And we just kind of ride. They're the same way with hurricanes out here. They're like, yeah, talk to me when it gets to a three or four. But like a one or two, you're still out driving in it. But it kind of moved north so we didn't get hit. So, of course, it was Go Fest, Pokemon Go Fest, which I was horribly upset if I was going to miss some of that because of a fucking hurricane. But we just caught the tail end. So it was windy and it was rainy and there were big gusts and you felt it on the car a little bit while you were driving around town, but nothing's closed. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know? So it, it wasn't bad. The thing that gets creepy though is because we were on the back end of the hurricane. I guess that's when the tornadoes strike. Oh, so we were about 20 miles away from the hit of the, of the uh, hurricane. But then all of a sudden at night, you're getting tornado warnings on your phone. And, and Leah's like, Hey, Tornadoes touch down in our, you know, our town, like two or two or three little tornadoes. Nothing to worry about, I guess. You maybe flip <laughs> a lawn chair or something like that. Grab me and sodomize me and, you know, with a fence post or something, 100 <laughs> feet in the air, throw me back down. But apparently that's just no big deal. It's just normal, normal so, stuff. So you you're telling me that you have not checked butt fucked by a tornado off your list. I have not. Dude. I I mean, I heard it. Well, Leo was in the hospital for the whole time. So I'm here alone and I don't know what the, I'm like, okay, well get the candles. So she tells me where the candles are and I'm getting all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, the hurricane, I was very prepared. Everyone told me, okay, do this, this, it's not going to be a big deal, whatever. And, but tornadoes are kind of a different story because those, if they get big, you know, they can do a little more damage. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess if if I hear things get really nasty, then I sit in the bathtub or something and try not to fly away. I, I don't know. So it was kind of like I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, just dumb. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to go to bed. And she's like, yeah, if you f- hear the roof start to tear off, go sit in the bathtub and hold your ass. I'm like, oh, okay. She's all, but it should be fine. You're fine. Everyone says that. Everyone out here, they're like, eh, you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and meanwhile, back in Los Angeles, we actually did have an earthquake. That's right. I saw it was like a whopping 4.2 and people I were know. losing their shit. And I'm like, so oh my stupid. God. Everyone's like, I'm moving. That's it. It was actually still an an aftershock, I think, from the one we had like last year. I think it was an actual earthquake. Just like a really drunk aftershock. Just like, (laughs) okay. But yeah, it was totally little. Yeah, it was little. It was my my cousin was sitting on the toilet when it happened. (laughs) She's like all over the place. She's all, now that is a dump. That is. (laughs) Wow. She's like fucking Taco Tuesday. Fucking yup again. Oh, goodness. You know what's really pathetic? You know what is the most pathetic part about this? This is Perverted Podcast, the show where we talk about the adventures of the kinky lifestyle. So wait a minute. Let's start the show. Okay. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where, like I said before, we talk about the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. 
Recording live from Texas and California, where apparently Boogie and I have nothing better to do but to talk about earthquakes and hurricanes <laughs> and get fucked by tornadoes. <laughs> talk about you know why? You know why, Kathy? I have a little song that I just wrote just this now. Please send horse. Please send horse to Texas. I need a whore, Kathy. Oh my god, you're such a guy when you and your penis. It's all about the penis. Kathy, I've been in Texas for two weeks. Was that your penis talking? That <laughs> was. I call him Beetlejuice. Because oh. if I say if I say penis three times, he's all oh hey, healer. <laughs> Where why aren't there any whores out here in Texas? <laughs> oh well. Oh my god. Yeah, we got we to gotta get you laid, Boogie. But the good news is, the good news is, Kathy, is I'm starting to branch out, and I'm starting to get emails. I'm not going to say who it was, but actually have had a couple listeners in Texas that are like, well, uh, maybe we could make something work. And I'm even kind of working out like a possible needle play scene, uh, a couple listeners to the show. We'll talk about it if, once they give me permission. What? Uh, you get yeah. your kink on and Texas boogie leave it to you if I move to another state I'd probably be hibernating for months or years you you already got a play date no yeah no no I can't I can't it's perverted podcast I mean we're having more listener segues now which is exciting so we get to you know farm everyone else's great kinky life while ours sucks but at a certain point it's all I mean Kathy I'm just going to be very honest the area that I am in is incredibly not me. It's like country music, Christian music, Christian values, church. Very, I mean, really nice, sweet people, beautiful area, happy to be in a room and whatever. But I'm very much not me here. Right. I have to. I have to, you know, be on my best behavior. I have to watch what I say. You know, there's a kid in the house. There's a fucking dog. You know, it's like, you know, and once again, my host is like, she knows who I am and she, you know, accepts me as I am. But that is the only person here that I can kind of talk real to. So it really, and that's very against kind of what I've always tried to be. Like, I always want to be who I am. And I've stood up for my sexual independence and my orientation and my kinks. And, you know, that's the mission of the show is to, you know, enable people to not have to hide who they are. So um, that is kind of a very awkward feeling. here. I mean, I, I can only imagine that's for for somebody like you who's uh, you spent your life trying to be authentic to try and push that down. It's tough, but I really kudos to you, Boogie, for at least realizing you, you know, you need to take care of yourself and and. That's maybe a price you pay for the time being. And then you go out and you find yourself some some cooch. I can't believe you. that's really good. <laughs> cooch in Texas. <laughs> Sounds like a porn series. It does. But no, it's, it's, it's fun because even if it's not just sexual, like the, the people I'm negotiating with, you know, their partners or whatever. So, so it's not going to be really sexual, but it's, you know, maybe needle play or something like that, which I did bring a needle play kit with me. You know, I brought certain toys with me in smaller form, you know, not my 8,000 pounds of toys. And so it, it'll be fun. It'll be good to connect. Obviously, it's it's good. It would be amazing to connect with listeners, but also to connect and play would also be kind of a whole 
kind of new thing for us. I mean, we've done it a lot in Los Angeles when we had the Love Lab, but to actually like branch out and be like perverted podcast, King Tour 2020 pandemic style. <laughs> Everything has to end in a monster truck ad. I'm in Texas, I Kathy. Think so. <laughs> I have to acclimate. Because I'm way more Texas than the people of Texas, and they, and it's I'm sure very annoying to them. They're all, you know, we don't all talk like that, right? Yeah, I'm sure you're totally ingratiating yourself to them by constantly mimicking them. <laughs> I'm walking into the HEB supermarket. And I'm like, how y'all doing? Looking good. It's horrible. <laughs> Rustle up them tumbleweeds, and they're just like. Are you going to buy that soda or just what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> and then they whisper, wait, wait, they whisper when you leave. Oh, that's Leah's friend. We heard about him. <laughs> <laughs> did you get some dick this week? Let's get to I the kink not. now. I did not. I'm sorry that I did not. We are in a bit of a slump. Okay. I don't even gotta... like saying that. Can you push the mojo a little bit? You know, I actually, I am going to have a, a talk with him. and I'm thinking he's sleeping in the next room right now. He may very well be listening to me and going, oh, heads up, Kat. He's going to want to talk Heads up. To just me. get in there and punch him in the nuts and suck his dick. I mean, come on. You know, get in there. I, I'm not like that in this relationship. In other relationships, I am. I, I, I just, I need to find out what's going on instead of being all needy, demandy. Hey, we haven't had sex in a while. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is the perfect the perfect scenario for you. <laughs> Could, doesn't he like morning blowjobs, though? Yes, but lest we forget that I do not. Remember, I had that whole, you know, I let the, I, I told all of our listeners that I was like, yeah, my mornings are mine. I am not going to hop out of bed and immediately start servicing you. And as much as I tried for months, I gave it a try. And it actually fucked with my head sufficiently that I had to have a discussion with him and go, you know, this, I'm sorry, but that's just one thing that is really, it puts me in a bad mood for the rest of the weekend. I mean, I don't know why until I started to really, uh, you know, pay attention to what it is that I, that, that I like and that I don't like. And mornings happen to be something that is very, very much mine and very much something I am unwilling to give up for whatever reason. So we had to kind of say goodbye to that because, um, what it was doing was was messing with the rest of the dynamic sufficiently well, that it had to go. Well, well, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you're like, I got to go out in Texas and find some whores, you know. Don't compare morning You got to put in a little effort, I mean, <laughs> the only other option, I don't know if I talked about this with Enigma or, or what. Why don't you just be a female lion and go bite his nutsack? You know what? I'm going to be very honest about this. And I, I know it's going to, you're not going to agree with me. You're going to roll your eyes. You're going to go fucking Kathy. And, and it actually doesn't make me look good. But I'll be okay. honest with what goes on in my head when I think of doing that. Here's, here okay. it is. You ready? Okay. All right. All right. Who does that motherfucker think he is that I have to <laughs> entice him into actually having sex with the naked woman in his bed? Is there anything else I can do? I do everything else. I do this. I do that. And on top of that, I'm the one that has to. And you know what? The voice just goes on and on and I get resentful and bitter. And it's hilarious when I think about it. But in reality, that is the voice in my head. <laughs> I give you that. But that's why I'm saying bite his nuts. I didn't say tickle him and be nice. Like, did you <laughs> have you seen the video? 
It's funnier than shit. Because when lions are in, in heat, when female lions are in heat, most of the year they're like, get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away. But when they're in heat, they they fuck like 20 times a day. And then the male lion's like, I can't. I just can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I just, I dreamed about this all year, but now I, I just can't. This bitch is insatiable. And the female lion literally is like, I need more lion dick. And literally <laughs> will go up behind him and bite his nuts. And the, you oh see the lion God. jump. The lion jump because obviously it's got to hurt when a 400-pound lioness bites your nads. And she's like, God told you to fuck me. And he's like, that's it, bitch. It's on. Yeah. And you just see the sad look on his lion face going, <laughs> fine, bitch. I'll fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's too late, motherfucker. You're getting tied down. I'm fucking you. <laughs> that life helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please note that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. This week I got permission from tarot underscore NL, uh, who wrote a, a an amazing post that I really loved. And I actually even questioned whether I should uh, talk about it because it's a little bit uh, complicated. It's called... I guess my true kink is her inner conflict. When I look back at all the things I did during these past 20 years, there's a pattern that keeps returning in everything I do. Now, I've had soft encounters, for instance, with someone who was afraid of the dark but still let me blindfold her. And I've had encounters where edge play, choking someone out, extreme pain, humiliation, were at the core of the experience. For me, both ends of the spectrum triggered me immensely. There is a reason behind the fact that I enjoy soft boundary play as much as the harder stuff. I need her inner conflict. I need her to struggle with what I'm doing to her, to secretly enjoy feeling like a slut, but have a voice in the back of her head telling her, good girl should not do this, to feel herself becoming wet even though that voice is telling her this is a bad idea. To feel the conflict between her own dark desires and the rules and the morals she was taught. I need her to have that conflict, look at me, and in the end, make the choice for her dark side. To make a choice for me. Without this conflict, I might as well flog a bag of potatoes. Amen, young man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for describing kink mindsets very eloquently. Very, very good. Oh, yeah. I loved it because I have had these this similar conversation with, with other people who, um, to my great surprise, don't understand what I'm talking about. Because uh, the word sadist, if you consider yourself a sadist, can have so many underlying uh, core goals to it and core reasons that one sadist standing next to the uh, another sadist could have two completely different scenes and neither one will interest the other one. So when he says that there that yeah he likes to dominate but it's because he wants to see someone have that inner conflict and in the end make the choice for him. I totally get that because I think that underneath most of us there is the thing that makes domination or submission what makes us wet or hard like for instance creative explorer loves to dominate someone but he doesn't care 
if that means that they're just meekly submitting without saying a word or if they're fighting like a brat like me. If you're submitting to them, that means that he has subjugated you and he is under in control. And there's so much underlying information there that the person standing next to him would have no idea why one minute his dick is hard and the other it's not. As far as they're concerned, they're seeing a scene in when he's, which he's dominating, but they don't know what it is that really gets him off. See, and I like that because I'm more of a dentist or a massage therapist type of sadist. Yes. Where, um, and, the, and once again, this is where we talk about the different types of sadism. There are sadists that literally, just like there are masochists, that purely like the effect. They want to hurt a sadist that wants to hurt somebody kind of almost regardless whether they like it, whether they don't like it, whether they're what they just want to see that they caused pain. That is one extreme type of sadism. And then there's the ones like the poster talked about where it's like, I want to see that inner conflict and eventually you break whatever hang up you have and then submit to the power exchange. And then my type of sadism is I love to inflict any level of pain as long as there is a betterment or an opening of a window that the bottom hasn't allowed themselves to go through or they've been negatively programmed that they're not supposed to go through that window, that they're supposed to kind of hide behind this wall of uh, oppressed, negative, sexual points of view, and that I get to break that window and offer them passage out of that window. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's it's. I have something similar. To me, if I'm topping somebody, the thing that's getting me off is that you're in service to me. And that sounds like a very straightforward and, and actually unexciting phrase I just uttered. But it absolutely is not for me. And I don't care whether I'm beating you senseless and you're crying your eyes out or whether you're serving me a cup of tea. In both instances, I am equally as excited because you're serving me. Right. And you're doing it for me. You're doing it in service to me. And to, for me, that is the core of my dominance. And I, I absolutely, it doesn't mean I can't do a service topping because I actually get um, other satisfaction from different kinds of topping and dominating. But if you really want my attention, be in service to me and I will devote myself to dominating you. And it's, it's something I haven't found yet with anybody significant. And all honestly, I haven't been uh, really actively searching for it, but that is at the core of my dominance. This is why I love this post so much because we don't often talk ab about what is underlying anyone's particular dominance or submission. And, and it's a fascinating topic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I very much like, like getting back to the dentist massage therapist aspect. Um, when I'm doing massage on somebody, and usually that is the most sadistic of any play that I do with somebody is if you have skeletal muscular problems and trigger points and pain and I start digging into those, I've made more people cry doing professional massage than I have almost in any play scene that I've done. So, but for me, that desire to push them through that to get to that healing, I can completely invest in the fact that I'm hurting somebody and right. I can say, stick with me. 
we're going to go through that. Kind of like I'm taking you on this journey of pain because I know it's going to make you better. So whether it's uh, a little bit or a lot is kind of like you said, it's insignificant. Um, right. It it really is. And I've been watching, and in a sense, I also see that kind of go. That's why I do a lot of sexual play because it's. In a sense, it's very similar, even though there's not a, a lot of kink. Maybe it's rough sex, and maybe it's not a lot of kink, but I'm really only interested in sex with somebody where I'm taking them through some sort of internal pain. Somebody said something negative about them sexually, like you don't deserve to come or your orgasm's not important or, you know, you know, your your pussy smells or what any other, you know, thing that somebody negatively puts in their head or this is against God's will or whatever, seeing that you're taking them through that kind of that mental pain of fighting against those voices. That's also very, that's my jam. Oh yeah. And not, and, and just so anybody listening doesn't misunderstand, not every sex encounter you have boogie has to be a cathartic experience because once you break through every time you have sex with that woman afterwards is fresh evidence that they are no longer in, in the thrall of that horrible programming that I'm so glad that you added that because it is true. And that's one of the benefits. Like it's fun to do in a demo situation or if you're only gonna you know play with somebody one or two times to kind of open that thing for them that they were you know kind of shut in and then off they go tra la la but it's it really is the celebration of that window breaking every time afterwards and of course there's always things we're always working on and fears that we're addressing and and that goes into other types of play and kink and sexuality but it really is kind of like like I can just think of so many examples with Bunny or Mew or some of our other partners where we got through that thing and then beyond that was just like it was like freedom. So even though there was still pain or a type of play or anal fissures or whatever <laughs> you know, we still it was kind of like I don't know, does that make sense like like a validation? No. But yet you're still just, you're just, I don't know, you get to eat the cake now. Absolutely. that You use the word, it's a celebration. And that's a, a very good word to describe what it's like. Every time that you fuck someone, it's a celebration of their, um, un, you know, releasing of that horrible programming. It's a celebration. Uh, every orgasm they have is a celebration. Because you were able to put, help them push past that. So Absolutely. Now then... Because, you know, we always have to put that warning. <laughs> if you're going to get to a point to where you can celebrate this great awakening or rebirth or cracking of the oppressive shell that held you uh, in a negative place, you have some responsibilities, in my opinion, as the top. Because it doesn't always go great. Sometimes when you attempt to break that programming, all of those fears come up, all of those voices come in. And it's not the, you know, fairy dust and unicorns and open fields. Sometimes it's cathartic that leads to, oh shit, now this takes a turn down. And now you may have helped them identify 
some of those things, especially if it's like repressed and they didn't really know how bad it was until you get in there. Now, all of a sudden, you have this this ball of catharsis that's not leading to a, oh, thank you, sir. You you saved my life. Now my body will be eternally yours in gratitude. Um, sometimes it's like, hey, I'm I'm really having a struggle with this. And now it's days, weeks, or months of working with somebody to understand what they were actually feeling. And obviously, we're not therapists, uh, and we don't claim to be. But if there's not a therapist available, you're the one that took the risk with them. You have to do your best to walk with them through this. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's a great warning you put in there. I mean, we, we're not off topic, really, but we, we're, we're delving more into your particular kink. And that's anybody listening to this needs to be aware that when you delve into that the deeper part of them and honestly you know what now that i'm saying it i'm going to talk about even my form what really gets me off when topping even with somebody being (laughs) even somebody being in service to me they when somebody gives themselves to you they're being very vulnerable they've done something that they don't do to just anybody that kind of of act is a commitment of sorts even if it's only for an evening, even if it's only for a night. And it does demand something from the top. You have just been handed something that you need to be very careful with. You need to nurture, you need to handle it well. If you take it and stomp it into the ground, you just destroyed that person. And so I think in any kind of topping, but in particular the one that you were discussing, absolutely, there's that warning. You, If you're going into the deeper domination and asking your partner to go into their deeper submission, no matter what form that takes, you better be prepared to be there because it's not always fabulous. Cathartic releases can be uh, put you in a euphoric state, but they can also uh, eventually bring up other stuff that needs to be addressed. So you, you better be prepared for that. But when it does work out and that moment shows up where you can see, just like I've had so many moments in my life where the shell broke and, and I got a new freedom of something that was oppressing me and, and making me miserable in my point of view. When you see that and you get to share that moment and you've kind of worked through that together, it really does build a bond, maybe not necessarily like a love affair relationship bond, but it is kind of like a, it's like a little survival moment that you had together with that partner. And I have people that I played with years and years and years ago that I don't play with anymore, but we still kind of keep in touch. And, and it really does. We have that little bit of history that we walk, we walk through some shit together and that feels really good. I, I had, I was just thinking I had an email from somebody. I never had sex with them, but we used to play in the dungeon uh, and they came to the love lab a bunch of times and we, you know, it, it wasn't sexual between us, but there was, you know, it was just play and some sexuality. They wrote me, I don't know, a couple months ago and they really uh-huh. commented on that. They commented on the fact that I'm so grateful that we didn't push what wouldn't have been right. And, and it made the experiences so well and it, and it really benefited me and, and it was really I mean, I'm a total whore and I would have loved to fuck your brains out, but, um, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out and that's fine. You know, I have other people that I can sex with. Um, but it was just so cool to just see that by taking that extra effort 
to be unified in that, that it created a, a really good impression. And, and, and that made me feel good about myself. Right. That's a, that's wonderful validation. I, I love it when you get that kind of validation. You don't always get it, but out of all the lives I've completely destroyed, it's nice to know, you know, there's at least one or two that I didn't completely fuck um, up. You know, I find it hard to, to, to point a finger at a life that you have destroyed boogie. Uh, how about mine? No, one. that's one. <laughs> okay, well, you just said you didn't ask for ten. That's the it's the one that you have responsibility for 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 and are allowed to fuck up totally because it's yours. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine, for my validation. I do so appreciate that. Indeed, indeed. Allow me to pass you some grape upon. <laughs> yes. Is Kinky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma. Enigma. Oh no, it's Ghost of Perversion's Past. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> we used to hang out with chicks together, Enigma. Oh yes, I remember. We were with other people. Other people, Enigma. It was great. There were asses and pussies and breasts galore. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be creepy if your, your ghost of sexual past started masturbating in front of you. That'd be... I mean, if it was you, yes. If it was, like, one of my exes, maybe not? Fair enough. See, that's the thing. If your if you're ghost of, of sex mispassed was, like, you know, you could choose the form that it took. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Dozer, you know, or Gozer from uh, right, Ghostbusters, right, right, right. you know. What form do you want to take? I mean, or what is it, Mystique from, uh, from X-Men? The X-Men, yeah, yeah. I'm like, when... Like I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dick, but when Mystique crawled over Wolverine and started flashing all those different women that she could be for him, and he's like, "No, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right." I'm all, dude. At that moment, Wolverine was now no longer cool. Right? No more. You are not cool because I mean, (laughs) dude. Dude, what a fucking puss! Fuck you, Wolverine! God damn it, that pissed me off. Could you imagine? Because she's all villainous and criminal, so you know she's like down for all sorts of freaky shit. Oh, for sure. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. I'd have been like, yes, you could be this person and then this person, and oh my god, you know, let's do a flash from the past night. Let's do a Betty Page. Can you be Betty Paul? Oh, there you now. I'm fucking Betty Page. I love you, Mystique. You're awesome. Don't feel used. <laughs> no, no. Please don't. I mean, I'd do it. I mean... If she's into it, might as well. Yeah, Bunny all the time turns me into Professor Snape or Kylo Ren. I'm not butthurt. Mm-hmm. Makes her happy. She's butthurt, yep. but in a different yep. way. Oh, oh, look at that. You even gave the ta-dum-dum. <laughs> How you doing, Enigma? How you holding up over there? I'm doing okay. Um, I know we've talked about it on podcasts before, but I'm, I'm actually getting in. I'm starting into therapy this month. Congratulations. Uh, this week. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's something that I've been putting off, but like, you know, I'm running out of excuses considering I have nothing else to focus on. So... Might as well focus on mental health for a little bit. 
How novel. What a novel idea. Right? Uh, that was an interesting, like, I don't know, journey in, like, figuring out who to go with, because I tried to go with people for my insurance, but, like, they they gave me a list over the phone, and, like, half the list doesn't exist. Yeah, I had that. Yeah. And then, like, one of the, there was, like, a health, mental health group, but it was focused on kids, and I was like, why did you give me this? Um, <laughs> and then the one of... And then, yeah, and then the one other person from that list that actually responded had some <clears throat> ethical violations in their past that were just like, I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. So, well, I mean, whoa, 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 let's back up here. Now, remember, we're desperate. Okay. Now, if this was a f- no, no, not feet, it wasn't the good ethical. No, no, not, no, it work. was like they, they, they lapse on their licensing and, and don't like aren't good with like keeping up with their licensing. Ah, that stuff doesn't bother me because I mean I go to you know all the years I went to AA meetings and nobody had a license to do anything, but it was really helpful. Well, that's true. You know, so you know, I mean, we don't have licenses, but we fuck up people's lives all the time. <laughs> Come on, I mean, there, there were there were some other things, but there, 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 yeah, it was just not it was just not a great fit. But I, I was able to find one. She's out of network, but like working with me on on payment plans or payment styles or whatever so oh that's cool i like um, how and it, and it kind of goes along with one of the the stories one of the world stories that you're going to talk about um mm-hmm. that everything now in my life is focused on somehow violating and making kinky you know like oh you're getting therapy does that mean your therapist is going to fuck you <laughs> no oh you went to the market does that mean the cashier is going to fuck you like there's just literally fantasies in every aspect of every minute of my life now that every normal thing that interacts with a female ends in some sort of perverted sexual escapade oh yeah like a month and a half ago when or not that long ago when like like a cashier's hand would like just cat like accidentally bump into mine and then my brain would just be like so touch starved that i was like oh that's where we're going, okay. She cool. wants me. She totally yes, exactly. wants me. She didn't have to give me extra nickels. Yes, exactly. She, she wanted to touch me. She pressed yeah. it into my hands. That was, and... that was a sexual knuckle touch. <sighs> so, so, on that note, let's talk about <laughs> dreams. Yes, let us talk about dreams. So, uh, our first article comes from SciPost. That's SciPost.org. Uh, as usual, if you want to find out more information about these uh, articles, please go to our Discord. You can find a link on our website. So the article is called Study Finds Men Experience Erotic Dreams More Frequently Than Women. The article does link to the full study for those who are interested. So if you want to check that out, please do. In general, with the study of dreams, a person's experiences while they're awake are often reflected in their dreams and can provide insights into that person's uh, preoccupations in the U.S. Um, In this specific study, men typically reported spending more time fantasizing about sex than women. Uh, Out of the study, about 21%, as opposed to the 16% of women, reported having erotic dreams. And the article even broke down age differences, where the college-age participants uh, reported uh, were more similar in frequency of erotic dreams. But as the ages got older, the numbers started to diverge more. So as people get older men tend to have more erotic dreams than women but like about college age the numbers are about the same and so it starts to fall off as they get older as they're sex so the the crux of the 
the study was trying to say that your your waking thoughts and desires transfer into your dreams instead of it being some sort of magical message from you know aliens or your mind right exactly so like as you get older and as sex becomes less and less um, as important for uh, a lot of people your your dreams kind of reflect that yeah i've had um it's interesting because some of the numbers that they put in that in that study was that 18 uh men said that about 18% of their dreams had some form of eroticism or sexuality in them, which is right. one in five. That means every week of your life, you have like one and a half dirty dreams. And I, as a total pervert slut, find that astronomically high because I have, obviously, I think about a lot of dirty things all day long. But I literally have maybe one sex dream every two months, and it's sometimes vague. Or my sex dreams are never good. Like I'll get into it, and then I'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be great," because all my dreams seem real to me. I don't know that I'm dreaming. So, but then all of a sudden, like the girl falls in half. You know, like you're like you know having sex, and you're like, "Oh, this is great. This is going to be." Oh no, what happened? Uh, the torso just left. So I don't have great <laughs> sex dreams anyway. But the frequency really surprised me that as sexual as I am, that the frequency, I mean, are men just bragging or, you know, answering this survey? And they're like, oh, yeah, I have sex dreams all the time because I don't. Do you? Um, I don't usually remember my dreams. One of the things that's been interesting about lockdown has been the, the as much as I've been spending time by myself and talking about mental health issues, like... I've been actually remembering my dreams more and every once in a while, like I, I definitely am having like, I'll notice like kind of erotic dreams, but like, yeah, for me, I, I would say maybe every other week, maybe not every two weeks, but every other week, like I will remember like, Oh, that was like, I won't remember uh, specifics, but I'll remember it's like, Oh, something that was kind of hot. All right. That would be um, interesting to hear from our own perverted podcast listener. Gmail, <laughs> pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. How often do you have sex dreams? So we could do our own little survey on top of this survey because it is true. I, I'm very baffled by that because I really just don't have a lot of sex dreams. I always kind of thought that sex dreams were also tied in with reproductive instincts. You know, like obviously in the wild back in caveman days, you know, they didn't have porn and whatever. So, uh, you know, maybe dreams because I, I know I've I've been horny for like two, three days after a sex dream. You know, I had one sex. I only had one successful sex dream, I think, in my entire life. And I had sex with Jennifer Aniston from Friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got on top and and she came and I was very proud of myself and she was happy and we cuddled. Um, and I remember I felt sexual for like literally a week after that. So I always kind of thought that maybe sex dreams were kind of tied into your instincts to reproduce, that your brain was kind of flooding you with arousal to kind of get you in heat, basically. Yeah, I, I, I would... I would imagine that a lot of times, at least for uh, various animals, is that your erotic dreams are connected to your, like, when you're in heat. I, I, that would, uh, yeah, that would actually be really interesting to look into, to see if there's connections between when your body is ready to reproduce, 
and when your mind is starting to maybe trying to push you to doing that. Yeah, like do women get more? I mean, this study just kind of said who gets more, men or women. But it's like I'm interested in like, well, do women have more erotic dreams when they're ovulating or, you know, like what what is affecting that kind of physiologically? I think that would be a really interesting study, too. Mm -hmm. We can do that ourselves. We can set the pace, man. (laughs) Women folk. How many times do you have the dirty dreams before your period, during your period? After be sure period. to be sure to be very detailed in your emails. Yes, be very very detailed. Maybe send <laughs> a video or a TikTok or something. You right, know, right. Just you know, letting us know like while you're just videotape yourself sleeping naked with the camera facing your you know the happy spot. Right, and then see because exactly. you know I don't know maybe do you masturbate while you sleep? Um, I oh, yes, I think people do. Like uh, that's. That's something that like sleep studies have have covered. That that would be I would need to hunt down that article. But I mean, I scratch my balls a lot. Well, yeah, but like they they even do do a lot of ball scratching. I don't know if I do a lot of yurking while I'm sleeping. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next article. Uh, this one comes from the Daily Beast, so that's the DailyBeast.com, and the article is called "Healing Sexual Trauma Through BDSM." And this is all from a uh, written by a dominatrix called Mistress Couple. Um, I found out actually through our Discord group that uh, Mistress Couple is actually a big advocate of um, psychology and BDSM and has done a lot of stuff around this. And oh, a cool. lot of this, yeah, and a lot of this article actually comes from her book uh, that's called The Ultimate Guide to Bondage. So if you want kind of a deeper dive into the subject, go check that out. So the book itself uh, came out around the heart of the Me Too movement a couple of years ago and all the different levels of people being called out during that time. And for many, the trauma that came out from their abuse is stored not only in their psyche, but also many times they store it in their bodies. Um, Dr. Ford, in the trial against Brett, Ka- in, against Brett Kavanaugh, said that 36 years after her assault, she can still vividly picture and feel her, her assault. Sure. And so uh, what the author has found is that trauma recovery approaches off, can often mirror quite well with a BDSM scene. So you have negotiation or planning, you have boundary settings, and then and you have exploration of that trauma or what the partner wants to explore with the scene. And finally, it's integrating the two over time. Um, in psychology, this is called sublimation, where you take this trauma and what someone has made you to believe and feel, feel is bad and transform that into something good and healthy. So now she does give some personal stories as a dominatrix, helping a couple explore bondage BDSM for the first time, tearing down those misconceptions that they had experienced from the outside. So like looking at Fifty Shades of Grey and being like, oh, that's that manipulation is how all BDSM is, that sort of thing. And she also, I think rightly, warns against jumping into this without actual therapy also in the mix. Because if you're re- reliving a trauma without a trained professional, at least in the loop, it's it's not going to be a good time. It's not going to be a good idea. It, it so. can be. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show. It's we default not just for liability, but just because it's a good idea to default to. We're not professionals. We joke about being professionals, um, mm. but we're not. We you know we talk about having a trained professional. And getting that therapy and that BDSM and kink 
alongside of that can absolutely be therapeutic, can absolutely be a type of therapy, but we're not trained. But there is also that new argument that I've been kind of on lately with all of my frustrations trying to find a therapist of my own. When there is no therapist, you got to do something Mm -hmm. at some point. At some point, you need a release. You need to identify with some of these things that are tormenting you. And at that point, you do the best you can. You find the best source because I've had plenty of shitty therapists that did nothing for me or even harmed me with shitty ideas. So there's no perfect therapy and there's no perfect BDSM. And I think, you know, we gave the warning. Now let's get into it. And the fact is, it needs to be someone that's not only trustworthy in the moment, but somebody that's going to be trustworthy in the aftercare. That they right. know going into this, if they're going to put, yeah, rape play is hot, and you know, you know, dark age play is hot. But afterwards, if that unleashes something, you just need to find somebody that is committed to the aftercare, even if it takes. A lot longer than a couple days for sure, for sure you know and and just like all the things that you said it's very exciting that people are discovering this and especially it kind of got into the bondage aspect and the vulnerability uh, and catharsis that becomes easier when somebody feels they can't physically move you know right. And that is kind of exciting because we obviously as people that play in this lifestyle we've We've seen that if you've played enough with bondage, you know, whether even wax play, I've done wax play scenes where, of course, you could get up and knock all the wax off. But when you get somebody into a headspace where they are either trapped and can't move or they have that feeling of pressure where they tell themselves in their head, don't move because I don't want to break the wax or I don't want to break the scene. That can also be enough to open up catharsis. Because I've had people cry during wax play. Right. So there, it's not just that you have to tie people up and restrain them to the, where they feel they're helpless and then they have a cathartic moment. You know, if you prepare that environment correctly, it can be a lot of different things. It could be literally, I mean, I've seen catharsis come from tying a string around someone's neck and saying that's a collar. So there's a lot of different ways that the brain can surround itself and feel like it's bound without because there's people that are claustrophobic and they're not going to let you tie them up no matter what so how do they get to that level of vulnerability where they can have a catharsis there are definitely other ways to do it besides just tying someone up yeah for sure and then i i I like how she gets into whole the whole uh, like the people who practice bdsm tend to be a bit more conscientious conscientious about that sort of thing and how we we just naturally like people who are practicing ethical bdsm tend to be a lot more vulnerable with what their needs and wants are so our even when our communication is bad our communication is better than a lot of people who don't aren't practicing bdsm for those Um, of us you know caveat for those of us that are invested in whatever you call ethical well yes in in general in general, I, I do agree. Most of the people that are practitioners, regular practitioners of BDSM, tend to be better communicators. Right, exactly. It was good. Good round this week, Enigma. If uh, the kids want to get a hold of us on that perverted podcast media stuff, where are they going to go? 
Well, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted Podcast. Like I said earlier, if you want to uh, join our Discord, you can go to our website at uh, www.pervertedpodcast.com. And you can find us on FetLife uh, at Perverted Podcast. Uh, we have both a group and a page. Amen. Amen. Amen, Brother Enigma. Thank you, Father Boogie. Ew. <laughs> when VP listeners don't send questions, Kathy's butthole feels the tension. She must go to Reddit. Kinky posts and fucked up problems. Kathy gets our shit on Reddit. Unaware, we try to solve them. All right, so because I'm just a big old whore and will troll through anything, and because. I'm trying to say this in a not bitter way. None of our listeners have emailed us any questions. <laughs> I have no choice but to troll through Reddit, and I did find some doozies. I sometimes I like I've said this before. I'll say it again. I really wish I could send this information to them because it kind of breaks my heart to hear all the newbie, newbie stuff. I si- I sincerely hope that these people are not just sitting online and that they're getting out there and finding answers. But in any case, this one uh, came through and it was somebody who was saying that they were having a hard time taking themselves seriously in the middle of a scene when they're topping. And the reason being that they, they get a lot of nervous laughter or they smile a lot and they, in their own words, they can't keep a stern tone. They can't keep a straight face. And unfortunately, what <laughs> that means to them which I think is incorrect. They think that means it makes them a bad top because, and it, and they can't stay in a top headspace. That's what they surmised, which I think is 100% wrong. I mean, frankly, if you're someone who wants to keep a stern face, then you got some inner conflict and you're going to have to find some ways uh, to not laugh in the middle of a scene. But if you're doing it because you're enjoying yourself, you know what? You just, what you got there is you got your, your top headspace. Not everybody's top headspace looks and feels the same. Just because you're used to seeing people at a club or in movies or reading about people in books who have that stern visage and, and this is how they all seem to uh, behave and look when they're topping does not mean that you have to abide by that. Oh, my God. I wish this poor motherfucker <laughs> that wrote this. <laughs> could at just once have seen Bunny's face when she first started topping. Bunny, I've seen that face, by the way. Bunny, is- <laughs> like it, whether she's using a strap on on someone or she's flogging someone or she hits somebody in the ass and they make a jump and a, uh, like literally. And I, we used to laugh about it because there's no way I could get away with making those types of faces. And not being made fun of the ex like the excitement, like literally she would do something. I, I wish I wish I could just put in everyone's head what I have seen the joy, the the amazement in her face. Like, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Yeah. And it doesn't go away. You would think that, oh, that's a novelty to her. And that's what, but no, it never goes away. That's the look on her face when she's topping. Like a juvenile, like a like a ten year old kid getting on their first roller coaster. She's just like ah, mouth completely open, and she's looking at me like, "Oh my god, this is fucking great!" <laughs> and and she does have the cutest smile. And when she she looks over at you with that "look what I'm doing" smile, it's just adorable. <laughs> and here's the thing: there's a part of us that 
I mean, I still get that sometimes when I play and it's just awesome there you you have on the inside. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm a kid just enjoying the, the craziness of this experience. So I don't know. Maybe if, if you have something in your head, you're telling yourself what you're supposed to be. And that's just flat out, just not going to work. It's not going to work and it's not going to make you happy. Um, you will calm down after a while. You absolutely will. Some of it will taper off and you'll be able to get more serious after time. But why would you rob yourself and your partner? I mean, if I was on the bottom and, and my partner on top, or even when my bottom on the, my person on the bottom is having so much excitement. And they're like amazed. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this feels so cool. And this is so fun. How validating that is. Oh, yeah. To see that somebody wants to touch you. Somebody so wants to touch you and experience something with you that it literally just gives them joy and elation and amazement and wonderment. How can you say that's bad? Oh, yeah. I, if you, I sometimes... Uh, you know, Creative Explorer will get this self-satisfied, amused look on his face when he's in that top, toppy mode. He doesn't question it because that just means he's enjoying himself. I tend to get a, I tend to smile a lot when I'm truly topping somebody and it has been so long, but I'm just enjoying myself so much. And you know what? When you mentioned that eventually some of that stuff goes away, you're right. If, if any of that is nervous laughter, if, if that kind of Oh my God, I, I don't know how to keep, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And you, you tend to get very giddy, especially in the beginning. That's perfectly normal. That's natural. And like you said, Boogie, that stuff is going to go away. But if in the end, after that stuff goes away, you continue to be somebody who enjoys themselves to the point where they're laughing and smiling, then just run with it. The only time you're really going to have a problem is if your bottom or your submissive finds it so distracting that you are now, uh, uh, ruining the scene. And that's a, an issue with compatibility. Then you're going to have to find someone who's okay with you behaving that way. But there's actually, there's nothing wrong in here inherently with you being someone who laughs and smiles during a scene. I completely agree. And, and I'm not going to bash anybody's experience or what anybody's desire is. But a lot of times when new people play, they have like this poster has these kind of like, oh, I'm supposed to be this way. And the bottom can do that, too. Oh, wait a minute. You know, the the top is supposed to be, you know, very stoic and, you know, controlling. And once again, that's going to wear off for them, too, when they realize that it's it's a lot of fun to enjoy yourself during this scene. Now, then I'm not saying that a bottom doesn't have a right to say, you know what? I just I want somebody that has more kind of that intensity and that stoic focus because that's what their fantasy is and that's what they get off on. There's absolutely nothing problem. There's no problem with that. You just have to go find somebody else. But I can't tell you how many bottoms I have had. I'm going to say a lot that have heard in placings, which just baffles me have heard in placings like when we start playing, like when it's the group of us in the love lab or when it was uh, at doorway and there is a group of us and I'm topping a few and the other girls are laughing and the new person is like, I was told you're not supposed to laugh. Oh my God. 
I, I've so many times like you can't that's not what you're supposed to do like it like the dom gets butthurt that you're insulting them by laughing like you're laughing at them or something like that and it really butthurts them so they're like I had no laughter and then they punish them for laughing or celebrating you know that they're having fun um, that happens a lot apparently because I've heard it a lot. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Here we laugh, fart, cry. There you, this is this is it's this is celebration time. We're gonna have fun. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. If it's serious, it'll be serious. And and usually when both people connect in that cathartic, serious tone, you don't laugh because the scene has taken itself. You guys have organically followed the scene to a place where it needs to go, and it's unlikely that you're gonna laugh in their face. When you can see they're having an intense cathartic moment, right? If you do, then you got other problems. <laughs> yeah, well, then then now you're you're just more of a sadist, you know. This is like that's my cake. I want to laugh just an at asshole. you. I just wanna, I just want to laugh at you while you're having a cathartic moment and crying. <laughs> but good question, really good that question. Is. Yes, very good. And um, I always enjoy when we talk. About, I mean, here we were talking about on, under the Fet Life stuff topic about the different ways and reasons that people will top. Sure. And this is just, just another element of that. You have to find what works for you. You know, I did have a thought that if, if you're actually laughing and you want to, um, you know, laughing, you're smiling, you have a lighter attitude and you want to try, uh, uh, you know, purging yourself of that. You might try actually doing a scene where you're taking on a persona or role and you're doing role playing that is specifically geared toward laughing to try and get it out of your system. That is actually meant to be funny. Cause I have seen people do that kind of scene where they're going to go into it and we're going to do some, some hilarious role playing and it, and then they do that and then it calms them down. Everyone had a good time. Now we're going to get to the serious stuff. That might be one way of doing it. Or, have the female lion bite your nuts. <sighs> like. <laughs> Probably won't laugh. Probably will stop laughing right at that moment. Just get those fangs in there. You know, jaw strength of like 300 pounds per square inch. <laughs> no more laughing. Total serious. Very, very serious. That'll get, that'll wipe the smile off your face. <laughs> Damn right. Wipe that fucking smirk on your face. Get behind me and lion dick me. God damn it. Did you say lion dick me? <laughs> That's right. Give me the lion D. You always come up with very creative ways of saying fucking. <laughs> That's right. Lion dick me, buddy. <laughs> lion dick me. Rawr. Uh, I need a horse, Kathy. I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> 270, ladies and gentlemen, that's show 270 for those of you who are keeping score. Please visit us on pervertedpodcast.com or go to fetlife.com and troll through our perverted podcast group, which I got to say, Boogie, you and I don't do a lot of uh, a lot of work on lately. It's, it's old I, what are you talking there. about? I what? posted a picture of a, a Texas cinnamon bun. No, I like what you do on the profile, but we have a perverted podcast group that we should really do some work on. Oh, that. Yeah, you yeah. For, you forgot yeah, we about kinda, <laughs> We're kind of dicks. Dicks on that. I have time this... now. <laughs> okay, get on the. Visit Thanks us for the guilt trip, though. <laughs> 
What would a perverted podcast show be without me guilting you, Boogie? I mean, the listeners wouldn't know what to make of it. Thought we were just going to skate out of this show all lovey-dovey and union, <laughs> and there you go, biting my fucking lion nuts. Well, you've been asking for it. I had to bite your nut, your lion nuts. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, my lion nuts. I, I got that trenched look on my face like, oh, that's right. The perverted <laughs> podcast FetLife Group. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> I haven't stuck my dick in that thing in a while. Right, Dip I'll your write, dick in that, okay? And for the rest poem, of you, <laughs> visit us on Patreon. Something. Oh, shit. Now, okay, you know what? I'm going to be fair, and I'll say that it's not just you. Didn't you task me with doing a... Uh, a daddy story time. Yes, and I totally forgot. I Next week, daddy story time. I will okay. read. I will do <sighs> it this weekend. Oh, that... Just, you know what? Don't forget to cut that out because that is disgusting. It was like chips and refried beans. That's just what I want to hear. It's my text breakfast right there. Ten whores. Disgusting. Okay, visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. And if you think the show holds any value for you whatsoever, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck. Bring Boogie back home when the heat is over. And so he can. You know what? I just realized I forgot to tell you this. You yes. got to sell that ravioli. You went over there saying, I'm going to sell the ravioli when I go to Texas and get another car. Well, I am going to sell it, but I got to order. I couldn't find the, the title for the car before I left in my panic attack. I looked for two days, and that was part of the freak out, is I thought it was where it was, and you can't sell the car without a title. So now I have to order another title and then have it shipped to my dad and then have my dad mail it out here, and then I'll have the title and I can sell the ravioli. Okay, so you got three things on the list. Number one, get yourself some cooch. Yes, good. Number two, get get your title. (laughs) Yes, Number three, go on the perverted podcast Fet Life Group. <laughs> and start doing some stuff. This has been Kathy. I actually had a lot of fun on this show. Uh, wow. Why do you say it like that? Like, normally I don't have fun, but today I actually had fun. Well, I'm just more settled in now. And of course, I may uh, walk out and people are going to be horrified looking at me going, oh, the walls weren't really as thick as we thought. Um, sorry. <laughs> Irreversible trauma to to young people. Great. Oh, um, I'll be moving. Moving soon but no so i'm just more comfortable now and i kind of have the whole system worked out and i can just download this right after it's it's just very efficient now and it's working and i'm getting to the point to where i'm we're doing it this is what i need to be able to do the show more effectively and then relax and enjoy doing the show yeah instead of worrying about technical shit the whole time and our our show sponsor headley and our patrons have made that possible for us. And But I also want to get back to our non-patrons and people that maybe are out of work or can't afford to, to, to help us out. Absolutely not a problem. The fact that you are a listener saves my life. You can absolutely tell your friends about this show. You can make posts about this show. You can share it on your Facebook if you have a Facebook. <laughs> that won't get you fired for sharing a show like ours. There are surely ways that that you can support us and be a part of the show. Um, Don't ever want to make someone feel like they have to give us money in order for us to keep doing this show. We will always figure out a way to make this show work one way or the other. Um, And you guys, thank you. That's all I can say. Yes.
But I should have said something else, huh? No. <laughs> then you start a song. Well, then I started a song, but it was like, you know, it was like, oh, thank you. It just seemed kind of like a shitty end. It should be like, yes. and Kathy will lie and bite your nuts. And then well, we play the song. That in. Cut that in right there. And So say, I'm Kathy, and I will lie and bite your nuts. I'm not saying that. Come on, Kathy, for the listeners. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. I'm Kathy, and I will lie and bite your nuts. <laughs> okay, now I'll play the song. Okay. And I'm not editing any of that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it when you edit that. I put my hand in your pussy and I make a fist. You get so wet, I just can't resist. A sexual adventure for an uber horny chick. I'm stretching your vag, but being careful of your cervix. Fisting, whoa. For the girl that needs girth, this does the trick. Fisting, whoa. Cause no human dick could ever beat this thick. Relax, and so do you. Make sure you have consent and a whole lot of lube. It takes a lot of trust to make it work great. Not something I would recommend you try on a first date. Fisting, oh, for the girl that needs girth, this does the trick. Fisting, oh, cause no human dick could ever beat this thick. Patience, never force it, never force it, more lube, communicate, never force it, never force it, almost there, just relax, never force it, never force it, here we go, here we go, yeah! You got it in, she's in orgasmic bliss, an amazing thing to see a woman take a whole fist. Don't worry guys, it'll go back to shape, cause the hoo-ha was designed to squirt. Out of Too. 